on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. One of the things that I realized that in this life, in this world, there is abundance of everything. There's abundance of money, abundance of cars, abundance of food. There's an abundance of everything. And just like there's an abundance of everything, there is an abundance of people that have your values, that have your beliefs, that have your morals. And if you're able to surround yourself within that crowd, yeah. it's amazing. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. We got here on the King stage, Gathering the Kings. Edwin, carry on. How we doing, brother? How are you? I'm doing amazing, amazing. Thank you for having me. And to everybody out there, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. That's right. I love it. Yeah, it would depend upon where you are in the world. And, and you're a well-traveled man, so I know that we're going to be able to take some of that into account here. But before we get jumping, tell us what kind of business or businesses that you have, my brother. Oh, okay. So I run four companies. The first one is a transportation company, and I call that one my cash flow vehicle. So the transportation <laughs> company moves all kinds of produce, and that's my niche. Okay. And that's my cash flow vehicle. It gives me the monthly, the weekly spending money, right, for all my crazy activities. That's right. My number two company is my development company, real estate development, okay. where we build high-end luxury homes, and we also build low-income multifamily projects. And I call that my wealth creation vehicle. So that kind of continues creating my wealth as I continue growing in life and evolving in life. My third one is an investment private firm where we invest in the Forex market. And that's my passive income vehicle. So I put my hard-earned money, put it there, and it creates me passive income so I can continue spending money on my toys and traveling and creating amazing memories with my family and my kids. And my last one is my God-given talent and calling which is business consulting and education, where I get to teach everything that I have learned in business for the past 20 years, educate people, make them help scale their businesses, help them become successful, and also teach them how to become real estate developers. So at the end, I could invest my own money with them and projects with them. Yeah, I love it. I love the clarity that you have. I also love how you labeled them especially that last one with your God-given talent. I can relate to having a couple of different businesses and for a couple of different purposes. So I love it. Before we jump in to kind of like how you got into four different industries, doing four different things, I want to know at this level, you've already shared a little bit about your purpose, but in, in different ways. Why are you still at it today? Like, why are you still pushing forward with four businesses? Why are you putting money into wealth creation vehicles? Like, why are you doing all that? The main reason I keep doing that is because I love doing that. It's not that I have to do it, but it's that I love to do it. People ask you, what is your purpose in life? And my purpose in life is just to enjoy life. And that's how I enjoy life. I like creating new things from scratch. I like growing things. I like helping people out. So if I stop doing that, then I stop dying. So I have to continue doing those things day in and day out. That doesn't mean because I run for companies, I work 60, 70 hours a week. Just is unbelievable, but I only work like around 20 hours per week. 
running all these multi-million dollar companies and all these companies with my transportation company has yeah. over 50 employees. And it's figuring out a way where you could have all the things that you want in life and at the same time, enjoy life to the fullest. And I always say, my mother's always live life to the fullest. So how can we get there? And to me, living my life to the fullest is doing the things that I love and running businesses, creating companies and understanding that if I take the same concept that I created in one business to become successful, if I take that into every different industry, the company is still going to be successful because I'm following the same rules and processes that I created and I learned. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You've got a system for it, but the emotion behind it is, man, I get to, I don't have to, I get to, I, I love that. Did you develop that over the course of time? Or was that like something that was seated in you before you ever even got into business? Oh no, I wish that could have been sitting on me before I got that into business, but we all learn by a mistake. So the most important thing that That's I right. think is that throughout time I have learned and through my mistakes, because I didn't have the opportunity of have mentors early on in my career when I started entrepreneurship. I didn't even know yeah. that was even possible. Nowadays with all this technology, you have access to so many amazing mentors. And now that I have all those mentors on my side, it just helps me grow much faster and it helps me cut their learning curve a lot faster. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it shrinks your calendar yes. uh, or your timeline. So that's great. Okay, tell us, how did you get started? Was it the trucking company or how did you get in business originally? How did I get in business already? I started at a very, let me say it again, very young age, 14 years old. I started washing cars. Once from there, I went on and I started my DJ business. And that DJ business, I started at 15 years old. That was like my first real company that I could say it was a real company. Yeah. And it goes back into doing something that you love. A lot of people want to get into business because of money. But when you're that young, you don't realize money is wasn't as important as doing something that I like. So right. to me, DJing was like a hobby. But then I started earning good money being a DJ that it got to the point that I was 18 years old and I had 10 DJs working for me. I had a folk production company. Wow. I was DJing at radio stations, at clubs. And at that part, it was like cool because I wasn't so focused in the money. I was focusing to doing what I love. But as I got older and I left the Marine Corps, and I started my next company, which was a development company, I was mainly focused on the money. And because I was focused on the money, I lost sight of everything else that was important in my life. To answer your question, I started at 15 years old, 14 years old, washing cars, and the main one at 15 years old, building that DJ company. Yeah, it's obviously a huge piece there to your story, but I'm curious, what do you think changed along the way from having a pretty big production company at a young age, having other DJs working for you. Obviously you were good at sales and good at promotion. You were getting gigs and handing them off and all this stuff. And what changed from that and the love of that to then you said in your development company, which was next, it changed to about being about the money. Was it because there was more money available and you got sucked into that? Or what was the story? The story behind that is that I had a purpose in my life. And to me growing out of a very humble home, raised by a single mother, my goal in life was to become a millionaire because I thought that money was going to be that my success and my happiness. Sure. And it was like the only thing in my head is I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. And money was the main factor and the main vision in my life at the moment. So when I left the Marine Corps, I left in debt. I had over $30,000 worth of debt. So number one, I had to get out of debt. Number two, leaving the Marine Corps at 22 years old, I had to go back and live with my mom. And yeah. then after living by myself for four years, 
while I was in the Marine. I needed to figure out how can I get out of my mom's house as soon as possible so I don't have to live with her anymore. Because once you become an adult, you don't want your mom telling you what time are you coming back. Tough to go back. <laughs> what is going on? Where were you? Why did you go drink? Or whatever questions they come because you feel like a little kid again. So right. I had to figure out, okay, I need to make money so I could get out of her house, go out on my own and get out of debt and grow this company. So money was my main issue. So I think yeah. I lost sight of that. And when we lose sight of what's important in our life, that's when everything else goes downhill because it was my focus was the money, not everything else that I could do. Yeah, hundred percent. I appreciate the perspective there. First off, thank you for your service in the Marine Corps, but you're right. The autonomy piece of, in this case, it was going back to your mom's house, but it's once you've experienced doing your own thing, being an entrepreneur, it's tough to go work for somebody else. So it's like, once you've experienced that, that autonomy, it's uh, tough to go back, especially as an entrepreneur in the way that uh, our DNA runs so, so deep. And so my question for you is, do you think that like early on when you were talking about running your DJ deal, and although it was like a more of a hustle or like a fun thing to do. And then of course, coming out of the, the military and jumping into the development company, were those things on your mind? Was the millionaire thought on your mind because single mom, you didn't have anything? Was that instilled because of the lack or was that, was mom saying, Hey, you need to be successful. You can, which was it the pro or the, was it the con is what um, I'm after? No, I'll say it was mostly the con. The reason <laughs> was because the, of the con at the same time was that even though my mom worked very hard and she ran her own company and that was like a, like a guide for me, like sure. looking at her running her own company and having her own business. That was like a motivation for me to have my own business in the future. But at the same time, she did a very, worked very hard to put me in a private school. So when I was in a private school, her during her sacrifices, working hard to try to pay for me to go to private school, I will see all these kids driving all these nice cars at 16 years old, having all this money and living in these amazing, beautiful homes. That seated in my head that I could have that lifestyle too. And in order for me to have the lifestyle, I just need to work hard and I need to do whatever I need to do to become successful like that. So I could have that life that I want. Yeah, that's interesting that that it, you you got put in a position where you got exposed to yes. some of those things is really what you're saying, which is great. And it sounds like you're thankful for her for doing that. It made me think of me being in high school. I didn't go to a private school, but I did go to a school where several of my friends, they had nice cars and their families were well off. And it, it was so funny. I didn't res, I didn't discredit them or, or dislike them because of the new car that they were driving, <laughs> that yeah. their parents bought for them. It was the full tank of gas that they had because <laughs> at 16, I literally couldn't, I could barely get to work, back to school, back to home, just enough to get back to work to put yeah. a quarter tank of gas in. And I was just so pissed because they always had a full tank of gas. It just motivated me. But anyway, okay. So along the way here, as you're building the development company, where did the transportation, because that sounds like you're you got 50 plus employees. That's where I want to get to. So where did that come along in the timeline? So in the development company, I did very good. I started my development company in 2002. I was in debt $150,000 that I had to borrow to start that company. And in a short period of time, I grew that company to the millions of dollars. And once I grew that company to the millions of dollars, I think I had over 20, close to $20 million worth of real estate by the time the market crashed in 2007. Sure. And when the market crashed in 2007, I lost everything. and I went bankrupt. Wow. So when I went, I had to do what we always say, and I always repeat this, be careful what you wish for, right? So I always told myself, I'm never going to work for anybody else. I'm not going to work as a contractor. And sure enough, I went bankrupt. The only thing that I knew how to do at that time was 
be a good contractor. Why? Because I was building my own projects prior to that. I was building my own houses prior to that. So right. the best thing that I could do was go become a general contractor and work for other people, remodeling their houses, building houses for them. And I became very good at it. But then an op- business opportunity came by really fast. So a good business opportunity came in and I started working my business for a good friend of mine from the Marine Corps came to me and told me, hey, I have a good business opportunity in the gold business. This is what we could do. And to me, he asked me, do you have any money? Again, I was broke at that time. So I was not going to pass out on a good business opportunity. So once I heard that, he needed $300,000 and he wanted me to let him borrow the money. But I'm like, if I let you borrow the money, you're probably going to fail or make a mistake. I already grew a company, multi-million dollar company. I had over 80 contractors working for me on different projects. I know how to manage a large company. Let me just go into business with you. And I brought a lot of the principles and I make sure that all the mistakes that I made, number one, being over leveraged in the development side, make sure that we did not become over leveraged. I was able to grow this jewelry company from negative $300,000 worth in debt that we had to borrow to start the company to a company that was grossing over $12 million in revenue per year. We had 14 stores throughout the United States, created a franchise model. We're making over half a million dollars a month in profits. And I was only working five hours per week. So I took all the learning lessons from my development company into my jewelry company. So that's how I was able to move from one type of industry to another one. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard in there the over leveraging piece from obviously the development company, and that probably played a big role into what happened in 2007 for you. Do you want to speak on that at all? Maybe that's the bad decision. It sounds like you carried that into your next business. And so I'd love to hear your perspective on someone listening today. They're in a six figure business. They haven't been able to scale to a million yet. They're trying to figure out the next moves. We're potentially looking at another recession, might even be in one right now. What is it that you would drop on them from your experience in 2007? Yes. My, my main thing is, again, I learned how to become recession-proof. And that's one of the biggest things that as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we need to learn. We need to figure out that our business is recession-proof because things like that happen. There's moments that everything is beautiful and it's perfect, right? Money's coming in, clients are coming in, everything is flowing. But then the time comes where we enter into a recession. So once we enter a recession, are we gonna be able to withstand that recession? Because on average, a recession is gonna take between three to five years. So we're gonna be able to withstand that recession. And to go back in your point, we are in a recession. People just haven't really felt it. But we have been in a recession for the past eight months. Just people are not realizing that we are in a recession. But going back to the thing is, become recession-proof. How do we become recession-proof? Number one, it starts with, not being over leveraged. To me, that was my biggest problem back in 2007. I was extremely over leveraged. Why? Because I was one, I wanted the fast growth. I wanted yeah. to become very successful. And in order for me to achieve from, to go from negative 150,000 in debt to go over to over $20 million in, in, in real estate, I had to become over leveraged. I had to, every penny that I got in, I had to leverage that dollar, maybe $10 worth of real estate. So. I came to the point that when we hit the recession, my income was less than my outflow. So I wasn't able to sustain that company because right. I didn't have enough cash flow coming in to cover all that overhead. Yeah. So I got really scared of having debt. So my next company, which was the jewelry company, we became a debt-free company. So we said, if anything were to happen, if we get into a recession, if the business stops right now, 
all the money that we have is our money. We're not borrowing any penny. And we were like a cash-free company for many years. That hurt me in the long run because when I wanted to buy another house, I was able to buy my house cash at that time. But eventually when I wanted to buy another house, because cash only lasts for so long, you're limited to the amount of cash that you build up. So eventually you have to figure out that it's okay to leverage, but what percentage or what what amount do we leverage? And if we do get a leverage, can we get out of that leverage fast enough so we don't get hurt in all aspects of our life? So to me, that was one of the biggest learning lessons. And a good friend of mine taught me that one day we're in the pool and we're talking, I was telling him I'm debt free, all my cars, all my houses, everything that I own is paid for, but I want to buy this, but I can't buy it because now since I haven't used credit for so many years, right. now the bank won't give me a credit because even though I have all these assets that are paid for, the bank would not give me a loan because I wasn't using credit for the past five years. So it's right. crazy that I realized that the United States wants you to be in debt in order for you to continue growing. So you have to figure out what is the amount of leverage, how much leverage do we take out? And yeah. if we get into a recession, are we going to be able to sustain that leverage? Is my right. cash flow going to be able to sustain that overhead? Yep. And yeah. you know, that's about leverage. That's all I could talk about leverage. I love it. No, you gave so much. I just want to point out a couple of just, if the listener's taking notes here. First off, I heard leverage isn't bad, but you got to be aware of what the percentage is. So it also doesn't mean that being debt-free or being conscious of paying things down isn't bad. But then again, it's just a matter of being aware of what percentage of the portfolio is like that. All in all, it does take thinking bigger to grow. And so sometimes what that means is that you have to be able to go outside of your current circumstances, whether it's like you said, leveraging against assets, being able to have a business that you can have a marketing plan and a sales plan and plan to grow it with the leveraged money, whatever it is, but it is difficult to grow, especially if you're trying to grow quickly without the additional resources. So what on the other side, the other side of the coin, if that's your bad decision, if you will, what's the good decision that you've made in your businesses where today you can work the 20 hours and be with your family and all that fun stuff? The good decisions that I have made in my businesses to continue to not work as much and enjoy my life more. It's choosing the right technical partners. And the reason I say technical partners, because I'm a good business partner on the sense that I'm very smart in scaling a business, putting systems in place and business development, I call it. So I'm very good at that. And that's my strength. That's one of my superpowers. So finding the right technical partners that are going to be able to do the other side of the business that number one, I don't like. And number two, I'm not good at. That's one. Number two is creating amazing systems in place so I have enough leverage in my business to be able to help me out with everything else. So just a, a good example, I'm a very good numbers guy and I love numbers and I'm good at math and I'm good at accounting, but I don't like to do the day-to-day operations. So I have a very good accountant in my transportation company that she handles all the bookkeeping for me on a, month, on a weekly basis on Mondays. She gives me a report of how much was spent, how much, was, how much came in, how much did we invoice, what didn't we not invoice, so I could go back to the rest of my team and tell them, why didn't we invoice this? What are we depending on this? Care that. So it's creating that amazing team that love to work and love this business as they was their own in order for me to free up my time and just the guiding piece, like the Picasso of the company of saying, this is what I envision, this is what I want, and it gets done. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think that there's probably a lot of folks listening right now that are wearing the Picasso hat, they're wearing the accounting hat, they're wearing the 
they're on the job site or they're in the office on the computer hat, you know, what, whatever it is, all the different hats that we wear in business. And I guess my question to you in that, since you've identified that you can't wear them all. Okay. So we've all heard that before, but how did you learn that? Was that, was that just something that you woke up one day and decided to hire somebody and took a chance? How did you learn this? I learned that in order to grow, you have to understand that you can't do everything on your own. We could do everything, but I mean, we have to do everything. And that's one of the most important things, just like on, on, on a marriage and you have, if you're married and have kids, you can't raise your kids on your own. You need both parents to be able to raise that kid if you're together. So even if you're separated, you need both parents because the parent, the kids need a mom and a dad, right? So if you're able to understand that part, business is the same thing. And I always relate personal life to business life that they're all in, intertwined together in everything, meaning that whatever you do in your business life, you take to your personal life and whatever you do in your personal life, you apply to your business. Right. And if your personal life is successful, then your business could be successful if you apply the same methods and vice versa. And the reason I say that is because sometimes we get so consumed and so focused into working our business and we have the perfect business, but then our relationship sucks. And it's right. because we put in all this effort and if we were just to take the same effort that we put here and bring it over here, we could yeah. be successful in both sides. Hey, Kings and Queens, Jazz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. It's funny, this topic comes up often in uh, the Gathering the Kings roundtable mastermind groups that we've got. And really what we have identified, which is basically what you just said, it's when you can grow the character of the individual, obviously fueled by, by the purpose as well, then that purpose and that person, you can take them to the next level because just in their business, if you're just talking about business, if you're just talking about the X's and the O's, then you're going to hone in and you're going to get really good at this one thing. But if your character, if your purpose is attached to some of those other things in life, in this case for you, it's your family, your marriage, your kids, all these other things that you've said that are important, then those things become part of the play. It's not just how do I level up in my business? It's how do I level up in all these areas, which my business just happens to be one of those areas. Yes. Okay. What kind of process or maybe discipline do you have now, Edwin, that you take like decisions through since we're talking good and bad decisions here? How do you process a decision nowadays? Uh, it depends with the, what we're talking about. And when you ask me, how do I process a decision? A decision about what? A decision, if I'm talking about starting a new business, number one, I will say, does it fit with my values? And everything starts with that. Does it fit with my values? And I, if it doesn't fit with my values, there's no reason to go any further than that. Right. Number two, if I'm picking a business partner, does he fit with my values? Is he aligned with my faith? Is he aligned with my values? Because one of the things that I learned, again, going through trial and error, was that when I had the business partners that they were great in business and in working, but we didn't share the same values, 
things go bad because at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you honor your morals, you honor your values. And if you just because focus on the money and don't care about your values, then things are not going to work out the way that you want them to. And then everything in life goes the same way. Yeah, I love it. So simple and so strategic at the same time. Do you find that your personal values and your business values or maybe your business mission and your personal values always have to be in alignment or is there a separation there? No, they have to be in alignment. I think after 20 plus years in business, I realized that my personal values have to be my business values, everything in my life. Like in order for me, for my life to be the way that I want it to be, it has to follow my values and my, what's called my values and my beliefs. Because if I have that in my, if I don't have that in my business, then I'm, be, I'm being a hypocrite because I'm saying that, you know, I believe in this and I'm true to this in my personal life, but I don't care about that in my business, then I'm being a hypocrite because I'm not sustaining those values. Meaning that why am I okay to sustain my values here, but not here? Because this one gives me money and this one doesn't give me money and it's not correct. So once you start realizing that you have to make sure that you keep your values and everything you believe in alignment with your business, then everything flows because there's a lot of people that share our same values. There's a lot of people that share our same beliefs. And once we find the people and we're surrounded by the people, life becomes much better because we don't have to deal with everybody else. One of the things that I realized that in this life, in this world, there is abundance of everything. There's abundance of money, abundance of cars, abundance of food. There's an abundance of everything. And just like there's an abundance of everything, there is an abundance of people that have your values, that have your beliefs, that have your morals. And if you're able to surround yourself within that crowd, it's amazing. Yeah, 100%. And so give us some examples of how, because there's so many different ways we could surround ourselves. I'm thinking employees, obviously people that we partner with, our spouse, whether it's things that we're a part of at like this as entrepreneurs, what other ways have you strategically put yourself around other people that have shared your values as you've said? Networking events, mastermind events. Again, when I choose a mastermind group, I figure out who's in that mastermind. What kind of business do they run? Are they aligned with my values? And again, it goes into ethics. Are there honest people? Are there godly people? You know, do they have a faith? They don't have to believe in the same God that I believe, but do they have a faith? Because to me, faith is very important. I think the number one thing that we need to have, and that's one of the things that I talk about in my book, Nine Secrets for a Successful Business and Life, is that, you know, faith is number one in everything. And if we believe in ourselves, if we have the faith in ourselves, we could become extremely successful. So when we meet somebody, when we want to work with somebody, I want to know that person has a faith, that they believe in themselves. Because if I'm going to have a business partner that doesn't believe in himself, why do I want him? If I have a business partner that doesn't have faith, that doesn't understand that by having that faith is going to help you through the bad moments, why do I want to be a business partner with that person? Because now we're just going to be clashing heads. It's okay to clash. We don't all have to be the same, but we have to share the same values and beliefs in order to get to where we want to get to. Yeah. Alignment is so huge. And obviously belief for family, how we do things regarding integrity or whatnot, all those things, if they're not of, a, of alignment, and I would even the next phase be below partnership would be my teams. I, you probably feel the same way, but if someone that we bring on to any of our business teams is not in alignment with that general feel of how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yes. Then eventually that's going to crumble. It's going to fall apart. They're going to, they're going to, they're not going to hold up their end of the bargain per the expectation. I appreciate your perspective there because it's. I like what you said too, because lately I've been hiring all my employees that I hire 
I take them through. It, it's a pain to start working with me because I go through a bunch of questions and interviews and things like that. And I make sure that they're aligned with me. But the one thing that I realized, they go through this whole crazy process. And I know that we share all these values and we're in alignment with everything that I believe in. They become so good. They love working. And they don't right. take this as working. They love as I love being a partner with Edwin and I love seeing Edwin grow because I know that we're going to grow as a team and it becomes a team. It becomes a family yeah. versus an employer and an employee relationship. It becomes more as a family. And I yeah. like that part. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that uh, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that especially folks that have really pressed into growing teams and caring for others, which is part of the King language that we use coming out of the warrior stage into the King stage. It's really the weight of those that are around you in your community, your team, your family, your spouse, your community, your church, like all these things that are around you, that at the king stage, it's a maturity of recognizing the people that are around you that are counting on you. And uh, when you can connect and then also then be responsible for more people around you, it actually yeah. becomes really fun. Yeah. And I like that because I have a good friend of mine that he's a big avatar for culture matters. Culture does matter. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, let's go through the uh, speed round here. I've got some got some questions here for you. I want you to dwindle sure. down all of your businesses into one metric. So all four companies. I know they're in different spectrums, different sizes. I want you to dwindle it all down into one trackable metric. What would be the one metric that you would track forever and ever? Tracking metric is my P and L profit and loss. And why? Why? Because you have to know the numbers. I'm sure a lot of people always look at Shark Tank, right? If you look at Shark Tank, one of the things that they always preach is numbers, numbers, numbers. Yep. So the things, if you don't know your numbers, then you don't know how you're doing it. And in business, you have to know numbers. Numbers are always number one. That's right. Okay. Second question is what book would you recommend that a six-figure business owner read who's trying to scale? This one right here. Okay. Uh, Making Big uh, Happen by Mark Moses. Making Big Happen by Mark Moses. Actually, this is the second book. So you need to start with the first one, which is make big happen. And then okay. once you finish make big happen, you graduate into making big happen. So on that one, it teaches you and it helps you apply exactly the processes that you need to apply in the business in order to making big happen. I love it. I love it. Okay. And you've already mentioned mastermind groups and some networking stuff, but my question on here that I ask every entrepreneur is, do you network or intentionally mastermind with others? And so I guess my question, since I already know that you do, why do you do those things? To build relationships. I'm very keen on building relationships and not doing business. I always tell everybody, don't ever do business. Stop doing business. Stop selling and stop doing everything that you do. Is build relationships. Because once you build relationships, the business will come to you. People yeah. will ask you because of who you are. We want to do business with you because of who you are and the type of person you are versus what you could offer. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and of course, there's uh, there's different levels to that. I think that especially as someone who's positioned like you and I, we have the opportunity to recognize how much more important the relationships are. They're they've always been important. We just didn't recognize it. Exactly. And again, sometimes yeah. people don't realize, and you, and you mentioned the position that we're in. But even if we're not in the position that we're in today, even if we're starting just out and we're at the beginning stages where we don't make any money or we don't have any money. That is the most important time to start building those relationships. Why? Because as time goes, as time changes, as the years pass by, you know, yeah. that person that you met at the beginning of your career that maybe didn't have much, 
six, seven years down the road is going to have a lot. And if you build that good relationship with that person, that is going to be that one key component to help you succeed or to help you grow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the relationship, if you're genuinely focused on it, it's, it's a long-term play, but isn't that business? Like, shouldn't we be in business for the long-term play also? No, because again, it's not about the business. It's about doing what you love. So if you do what you love and you have that relationship, eventually you figure out what is it that you want to do and that just flourish. That's right. Love it. Okay. Question here for you around management of the business. So let's say you only had one hour each week to work on your business. What would you do inside of that one hour to successfully run your business like you do? Look at my checklist of items that are important to do, meaning items that are going to create revenue for my company and tasks that only bring revenue to the company, not focusing on the tasks that do not bring the revenue and just take time away from the company. Okay. What are just to, for example purposes, what are some of those things that come to your mind off the top that, that only you could do that are creating revenue? On, on, on my business, let's say, for example, in my development company, land. What is it going to create revenue for my company is looking for land. Search for land, search for the next piece of development, even though my development project will be six months to a year ahead, start looking for the next property that I want to develop because that's going to bring revenue, whatever amount of revenue is going to bring, but eventually that's going to bring revenue. So start focusing on that. On the transportation company, it's figuring out, I'm picking the right connections, the right customers in order to make sure that all the trucks are moving on a weekly basis and we generate the revenue that we need to regenerate to hit our target numbers that were set for the year. That's good. I love, appreciate the explanation there. Okay. Last question for you, Edwin. If you lost it, all four companies are gone tomorrow. What do you do? If I lost it, four companies, reach out to all my network and figure out what's the next big thing coming up and starts from scratch. There you go. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hang it up, huh? No. You, you do. <laughs> no, no, no. And the cool thing I like about this question is that I'm not afraid of losing it all. And the reason I'm not afraid of losing it all is because I have lost it all before and I made it back. So I know that if I were to lose it all again, I know how to make it back again. I know how to get back on the top again. Yeah, I love it. Edwin, it's been a pleasure having you here. How can the listeners connect with you, either social media or email? How can they find you and get to know you better? Oh, best way to find me is on my social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, at Edwin Carrion 78 And once you go into my social media channels, you can send me a message. And I'll send you a link to my free book, which is Nine Secrets for a Successful Life. And and go from there. And if you have any questions, my mentor always tells me, become an asshole. So I'll tell you the same thing. Become an asshole. Ask any (laughs) questions because you never know. I'm going to answer. I always try to answer people and guide people the right way. I love where I have to, we're going to have to quote you on that one. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I appreciate your time. You've been incredible here, dropping so many just very unique perspectives. I think that uh, the listener took away plenty of notes. At least they should have been if they were listening. So we wish you nothing but success, Edwin. Thank you again for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And to everybody out there, if you don't know where you're going, you're eventually going to get there. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or 300 
other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1000 Kings specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling Kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family and communities. And here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.